Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. Our guest today is Trisha Warwick. Trisha has served as Chief Operating Officer, Strategic Consultant, M&A Advisor, and Banker to CEOs and shareholders of more than 500 mid-market companies. Earlier in her career, she had led mid-market and business banking at Mellon. She now facilitates successful business and leadership transformations as a chair for Vistage Worldwide, the world's leading chief executive organization. Trisha, welcome to part two of the No BS Marketing Show. Dave, great to be here. Thank you. In the first part of the show, we were going through some of your background, and you talked about how you you're one of you're, you're one of seven, and you had five brothers, and they were like your first set of mentors, if you will, and your father as well. But one of your brothers saw your grades your report card and said, we've got to make sure you go to college back in a time when that wasn't as common for anyone and particularly for females. So you then go and get your education at Kenyon College in Ohio and you did well academically. You come out, you said you ended up fortunately getting two management trainees very early in your career, one with Kaufman's and then you moved on to uh, Maryland National Bank. You got involved in the executive MBA program and had a couple of key mentors. And then at a very young age, you were pretty much managing this mid-market function. You gave us your example of both BS in the workplace when there was not a good understanding of the customer, and then your own time when you were the BSer, when you kind of pushed salespeople out without the marketing. And you tied it all back to the rant that I had from uh, episode one about how sales is more short-term focused and marketing is more long-term focused. So you went through a lot of that stuff uh, let's jump into the next part of your career. Um, when, you know, when, how did you make this shift, which is how you and I end up got to know each other a little bit as you were at Mark Advertising in a very lofty position. Then I got to deal with you at Vistage. So I'm here, even though I know you pretty well, I'm still thinking, once this transition happened from the banking to the marketing, branding, advertising? Wow, that's a great question. And, you know, there's a whole part of my career that I haven't even mentioned. Um, in 1994, I, at the time, was running business banking for Mellon, and Mellon was making a lot of changes, really positioning the company to split the company out and become BNY Mellon over a period of years, more on the institutional and investment side, and actually sell off its branch system. I was on the side that the bank was going to sell off, and I was aware of that and was making some decisions for myself personally, given at the time that I I had a six-year-old who missed me quite a lot, and I missed him. And... uh, I made a decision in 94 that a couple things happened. Mellon was trying to promote me into a position that I wasn't really excited about, running uh, basically the trust area for Mellon nationally, So, which would have put me on the road more and uh, got me further away from my passion for serving middle market companies. Uh, and so what I did was I made a decision to leave. And it was, it was a really great decision for me. At, at the time, I was reading a book that everyone knows, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I did the eulogy in the chapter called uh, Begin with the End in Mind. They actually have you write your own eulogy from the perspective of four different people in your life. And I realized that based on what I wanted people to say, which is what they have you do in the book, that I was on the wrong train, wrong tracks, going uh-huh. in the wrong direction. First and foremost, because I was missing the middle market. Well, actually, first and foremost, because I was missing my son. So work-life balance, that term had never been uttered at the point when I was struggling with all of this. But that's what it was. And secondly, I was missing being with the middle market clients. 
So I made a decision to leave. Uh, in a couple months later, I took a position at Deloitte and started up and ran their strategic advisory and M&A practice for the Ohio Valley region. And that took me down a path for 15 years doing that for Deloitte, then starting my own company with two partners and having a uh, strategic advisory and investment banking firm for 10 years with those two partners. And then the last few years for Schneider Downs Corporate Finance, I actually co-led their corporate finance and advisory practice. So over that 15-year period, you talk about my 500 clients. I gathered quite a, quite a few of them during that time, selling their businesses, doing strategic advisory for them, buy-side merger and acquisition. Uh, so that's sort of a big chunk of my life we didn't talk about. I thought I'd mention that. And that led me to Adore. So I met, met, met many new clients over that period of time. One of those clients was Mark USA. I had done some consulting for Mark over the years. And in early 2010, my phone rang when I was at Schneider Downs Corporate Finance. I wasn't looking for a job. I was quite happy there. Uh, and the shareholders proposed, the key shareholders proposed that I come in as their chief operating officer. So in 2010, on a leap of faith, for the very, very first time in my career, I went in-house with a middle market company. So you do that, and you now have to uh, get to know, you know the people already as a key advisor, key strategic advisor, so you know the stakeholders already, and you know the company well, so that's better than most people have when they go into a company. But as you're saying, it's a pretty big shift now to go in from being strategic advisor to be in-house. And I jokingly say on this show, uh, having lived this a number of times, making leaving to big positions, leaving a great position, like you, you left a number of great positions to go to another great position. And I jokingly say there's a time when you doubt yourself and, and it's the oh God moment. And I jokingly say one of the positions I went to, I thought at 10.50 on the first day, I thought, oh God, what have I done? Whereas other places it might have took till two months and you still just got right through it. You said, yeah, whatever, I'll fight through it. Um, when you first did that, what was that first day, week, month like when you shift from a completely different mindset? Two things come to mind for me. First of all, culturally. I had spent my entire career working for public companies, working for banks, highly regulated, working in the consulting side of audit and tax practices of accounting firms, highly re regimented, rules-oriented, process-driven, and also to some degree regulated in the case of the accounting firms. Those cultures were similar. Uh, going into Mark USA, an advertising agency strongly dominated by creative types uh, and very retail focused. Our, our client base was very retail focused, was a, was a tremendous cultural shift for me to make. I actually loved it. It was a world that I had only known from afar as, you know, some of my clients were in more creative businesses. And for me, it actually invigorated me to be in that world where there was a little bit more room for innovation and creativity and driving results by helping clients to transform themselves. And it really was, so that was actually important for my Vistage role because I saw 
the power of transformation with the way that Mark helped their clients. So that's the one side of the question as far as that shift. Uh, the other side of the question as far as the shift, and, and I think this happens in one's career many times. I don't think any of us really understand what set of skills we're carrying around until we're put into that situation where we're like, oh, my goodness, what did I do here? Yes. And early on, uh, Tony Bucci's the chairman at uh, Mark. And within the first week or so, I said, at, at some point, I'd like to know what my job is. I was the chief operating officer, but really wanted to get a better sense as to what expectations were. And Tony gave me some good advice. He basically said, do your job for the next you know, couple months and then let's talk. And what I realized was, is that while Mark was this amazing powerhouse on the marketing side with these big national retail counts, what they were lacking, and I think that um, where I added the most value was that I was bringing to that culture and to that management structure senses of accountability, processes, and disciplines to drive the success of the business. So my guess is, and I, I only worked at Mark, but that if you went into more creative companies, you won't find, you would find what I found at Mark, which was that that uh, it was really an opportunity. It wasn't a problem. It was the opportunity to, to, to bundle up and bottle up all of that talent to stay much more focused, not just on creative product and what that creative product looked like and how great it was, but also on making money. And on driving the top line of the business. So those are the two big sort of ahas I had in the first six months there. For those of you that maybe aren't aware of Mark Advertising, a very large advertising agency, uh, office in Pittsburgh, very well known, highly reputable from a creative standpoint, full disclosure as a top marketing person at UPMC. We worked extensively with Mark Advertising, uh, very strong on the creative side. So what I look at from this, Tricia, is you made a successful move from what could be described as two of the more different types of industries. One, purely creative and non-regulated and all about messaging and it's a professional services kind of firm. So it's just completely different from a more analytical, more detailed, more regulated financial one. And what I want to commend you for is you said that you love that. And what that shows is a great deal of self-awareness and self-confidence because what I found a lot of people do is when they go into something that has different skill sets, they immediately just get hung up on, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? I don't know that. I've never done that. And it sounds to me like you were able to come in and say, I've not done this, but this is cool. Let me use my expertise. And that takes a great deal of self-confidence. Thank you. Yes, indeed. It's uh, because when you think about it, that's one of the biggest things as leaders and coaches that we both do, because a lot of what Mass Solutions does is coaching on the messaging and the leadership on the marketing function and what Vistage is all about is personal and professional growth. And when I work with clients and friends and I see even Vistage group, that's a lot of the problem is the lack of self-awareness that even though I don't have the confidence, lack of self-awareness and self-confidence because the self-awareness is that just because I haven't done that doesn't mean that I can't be good at it. Right, right. And you know, when I think back on it and I look at the decision that Tony Bucci and Michelle Fabrizi made in bringing me in. I have to commend them as well. They they understood as a private company that they had an opportunity and that their leadership team was lacking those skills 
that I brought to the table. And for them to actually go out and try to find that person who, in many respects, was a Martian to a lot of the senior leaders and bring me in was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And on the private company side, uh, there's less, I believe most companies are less self-reflective and that those shareholders understood what they were missing and did something about it, which I actually can commend them for. You had mentioned before we hit the record that you were there about five, five and a half years, had a successful run. Um, Then you said how some of this stuff helped you to understand your role here in Vistage. When did you realize you were going to make the Vistage move and how how did you go about doing that? Vistage had had actually approached me back in 2006 to take over the uh, a CEO peer group for another chair. And at the time I was at Schneider Downs and not really looking to make any move. Uh, and but it was very interested in their business model and in the high value drivers of the Vistage offering to CEOs of middle market and small companies. So I kept that in my back pocket and kept that in the back of my head. And uh, over that period of five years at Mark, we actually positioned the company. And in, in late 2015, the company was sold to a private equity firm. And I knew that I wasn't going to retire. My husband and I joked about it, but um, he kept telling me I failed retirement with my Vistage move. But uh, I let uh, the shareholders at Mark know that I would leave after the company was sold. So I, I parted ways with them, knowing that I had one more really fun run around the bases that I was going to do. And again, taking that additional experience of being inside of that private company for five years and us getting to the point we did successfully and then selling it and wanting to parlay that back in to helping a multitude of CEOs to become more successful. So adding that to my basket of skills, I knew that being a Vistage chair was, it was in a, in a sense, it was destiny. Uh, I knew that that was the final gem in my crown as far as having been inside of a private company to give me a level of awareness as to what happens inside of private companies that I did not have before I did that job. So it was a perfect segue into doing what I intend to do for several years now, which is helping many CEOs to become more successful, become better leaders, and candidly lead better lives. That's Trisha Warwick, and you're listening to the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. So, hey, BSers, you know I like to tell you about uh, stuff that goes beyond marketing but still somehow ties to marketing. Make sure you sign up for Audible if you're not there. And if you are, i got a book for you to get. Uh, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nobs. Try a book like Running with the Devil, a backstage pass to the wild times, loud rock, and the down and dirty truth behind the making of Van Halen by Noel Monk and Joel Layden. And why do I say that this applies to people that maybe don't even like Van Halen? The stories in this book and what Trisha and Vista are all about is personal and professional growth, leadership, self-awareness, and communication. That's even what the No BS Marketing Show is all about, leadership and communication. Well, when Van Halen hit their peak with the album 1984, in 1984, they were at the best time of their career and their life, and they were ranked as one of the top rock and roll bands of all time.